dedicated to build the landlord's bird feeder. Here I am, Schaefer Hall, in my ivy-covered castle, uh, talking long distance to moderately north of here, not way up north, not in Cedar Park, not in Pflugerville, but here in central Austin, just on the north side of me, uh, is my, with my podcast, Ride or Die. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different for cast today, as you might have guessed, from our Black theme song. We've gathered our friends, the Racquetball Racket, and our headboard around us, and uh, I am now going to give the mic over to my podcast, Ride or Die, Matthew Rampy. Seasons don't fear the podcast, nor do the cue or the grace of the cat. We can be like they are. Come on, baby. Don't fear the podcast. Welcome to the podcast fueled by existential dread and our shared experience therein. And Lord knows we've got plenty of that, don't we? Yeah. I was whinging about something to my shrink, and it was really about like regrets about things that I hadn't done. And he was like, "Yeah, that increases as you get older. That's that's existential dread." (laughs) (laughs) I was like, "Well, maybe I'll get busy living instead of getting busy dying." What you know? Speaking speaking of words, um, well, let let me just say that I uh, just recently. a, a few oh less than an hour ago i i was informed of my grandmother's passing um she'd had a stroke on friday today's tuesday and um she had been somewhat conscious but unable to open her eyes paralyzed as often comes with a stroke and um, you know, she was on hospice for a few days and I, yesterday I, she's in Portland and uh, I live in Austin and, um, she's there with my aunt and my aunt has taken very good care of her in her, in her waning years. And, um, you know, at last week she, she's had dementia and, but sometimes she's great and there have been times she, she moved to Portland four years ago, leaving Lubbock suddenly, uh, sort of surprisingly. Um, uh, and, um, some different circumstances led to that. And, um, she, my aunt has been taking very good care of her. She's been living in a very nice, cool place. And actually recently she moved to a place that provides more care, but this year, man, she's she's had a bunch of times where um, she's calling me again. Like we used to talk on the phone all the time and sort of as she succumbed to dementia, like those came farther and fewer between. And, you know, that was a bummer. And um, it was a bummer that she wasn't calling as much and you know she didn't feel like talking but she was she would have these times man where she would call and it was like she was sitting in her living room 20 years ago you know and she wanted to talk about what was going on with me what was going on with the kids this idea she had for me she saw jimmy kimmel do this thing um 
I always watched late night TV with my grandparents. Like we would stay over there and they would watch Johnny Carson and they would let us stay up for Carson. So like remember she was into Carson and then we, of course we liked Letterman and, but then she got into Kimmel man. And I, I didn't think Kimmel was funny. I got to say, <laughs> you know, like the man show or whatever, but like she, she got me to watch Kimmel. A friend of mine had gone to be a writer for Kimmel and I was like, gosh, there's, there's you know but i guess i'll start and i don't know she got me into watching kimmel she so chronicled in this uh, in this podcast already has been that she she wanted me to well i i i wanted to go to web design school and i needed some cash and she said well i'll pay for it if you will record your songs and send them to jimmy kimmel because i matthew i think jimmy kimmel would really love your songs i think that that's what he needs you know and i'm pretty sure jimmy kimmel wasn't looking for my cute songs that i'd written for my kids but uh, i but i did delve into recording them i did record them on i made kind of a youtube channel and then i did another session sitting with my kids sing them and then as as you know here Schaefer and I started working on an arrangement of one which led to our <laughs> our ill-fated career as our our brief but storied career as folk as children's folk singers superstars Matthew can I just I just want to say and you know I've told you this before how much I love it that you were trying to do like the get a nine to five job route and your grandmother was like okay well i'll help you get your nine to five job if that's what you really want but you have to follow my dream yeah. of you becoming yeah. a performer of funny songs on late night hollywood television. she really believed in me man <laughs> um she really believed in me like you're right i was looking for a hard skill and she was like why don't you continue to dabble in the things that i think you're really good at um, I mean, her and my grandfather were very supportive when I was a teenager and got to do those those open mic nights at the comedy club. And a couple of times they brought their friends down, you know, a bunch of their geezer friends to watch me do stand up, <laughs> like a fourteen year old stand up act. Oh man! But oh, so supportive, man. So supportive. You fly on that wall. <laughs> There's a VHS tape somewhere. I don't know where. Um, I, I'm 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 going to miss her uh, dearly. Obviously, I I'm able to do this. Of course, it's Tuesday night. It's the Tuesday tipple. I I've had a few days to process this. I, I I was able to get on a telephone yesterday. The pandemic has things all jacked up. Uh, breaking news, Shaver Hall. I've got some breaking news here, but the pandemic has things all jacked up. Um, you know, there are people across this uh, great nation and the world are are not able to be with their loved ones for all kinds of things, like dying. Um, oh, that reminds me. Isn't it isn't it funny the words we use? To, just to stick with the theme of this, what the show's about. Words like, I remember when I was a kid, I always used to say dying, death. But now, as I get older, I find myself saying "passing away" oh, yeah, much away. more often, and I she's not with us. I, I I mean I I whatever your like religious beliefs are, like 
thinking of a person as like just being completely gone, even if it's in just like a, a patrilineal or ancestral community way of remembering someone, like when someone's when someone's soul when someone's light passes from their shell, like they're remembered all the things they did, all the dumb podcasts they co-hosted, you know, like. It's just it's funny words and and maturity and how that changes. Let me just say let me just say a few more things about uh Patsy Ruth Rampy Nay Osmus. Um she was awesome, man. Uh her dad passed away when she was 9. They had moved out to California. She was born in Crosbyton, Texas. They had moved out to California for him to like work at these shipyards. And one day he went to work and he didn't come home. He had a heart attack and died. And, um, you know, her mother, Juanita, they called her Winnie. She, um, you know, they went back to Texas and she had different stepdads. Men were in and out of Juanita's life and she was a bad, bad alcoholic. And... My grandmother like learned to fend for herself when she was young, and she had this uncle, Tommy, who was actually really close to her age, so maybe he was a year or two older, and they used to pal around, and I think Tommy was her savior when she was like teenager. They would smoke cigarettes and drink gin at the tender age of 15. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she liked to... She she liked to have a good time. She always did. Like her and my grandfather, they they had a real good time in life. Um, tons of friends. Wait, let me let me get back to more of a chronological thing here. She, um, um, you know, she met my grandfather at Tech, and um, uh, they got married pretty young. And he was in the Navy, and they they went up to. Um, They went up to Rhode Island. He was stationed in Rhode Island for a while, and I think I think my dad, I think my dad had been born, and they went up to Rhode Island. And um, she was uh, super strong, man, like um, ahead of her time, kind of like take care of business kind of lady. She was an interior designer. She was a designer of houses. She would design a house. And then they would have it built and they would move into that house. And she was also a realtor. And then she would be designing another house and and they would and, and they would they would sell the house they were living in and move to that next house. They did that for years and years. Um, my dad got used to that. We lived in just growing up in Lubbock, I lived in a ton of different houses. He would just move every year or so. Um and like you were saying, man, she was like such a, she has such a positive attitude. She, I would be hanging out over there and I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. My, my parents were young and I'm the firstborn and I spent a lot of time with my grandparents and, um, I'd be hanging out over there and she'd be like, Matthew, just, just go, go down the block and knock on the doors. Well, they lived in a nice neighborhood and she'd be like, just go see if there's any kids at home. Just go find a friend. Just, she thought you could just she thought you could just go up to the door and ring the doorbell and be like, hey, is there any kids here? Can we be friends? 
<laughs> which I, I mean, I was an outgoing kid, and I but I thought that was insane, you know, like yeah. uh, definitely not the cool move. But you know, she was right, man. I probably could have just gone out there and knocked on doors and found a friend. You know, if I may interject, I totally would have done that. Uh, you would have done that. Do you know why I'm so close with Tara? Because uh, you knocked on her door. Kinda, like, uh, like right after we, right after we started school, uh, I was, you know, I was at Hutch, and I didn't know anybody, and my family went out of town for some reason, and I was, I spent the weekend alone in the house, uh, ninth grade, Hutchinson, and I had the, they had given us at the very beginning, uh, a, uh, a phone book with just the kids' names in it, so everybody, I, you know, like I guess it was for you know, in case you needed a carpool or something like that. But I kind of just started calling people. I think Tara Anders, a you know, she was one of the first people in my grade in the phone book, <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, hi, how's it going? I just moved here, and I don't really know anybody, and we talked on the phone for a long time, <laughs> and that's. That's, you know, we're best friends to this day. Well, you have a similar positive attitude, I think. But, uh... That's such a a good trait. It's not impossible. I, I, you know, uh, but I, in many ways, it's just an act of desperation for me. Like, I was so alone. So alone. I I mean, I've mentioned it in passing but i really do think that it must have been very difficult for you to move to lubbock i'm really i'm really happy to hear that you've got some good conversations uh in with her in the last year uh yeah in fact even especially in the last few weeks she's had a few different times she's she's called me like three times probably in in a month which in the old days, wouldn't have been unusual, but you know, as of late, that's pretty unusual. It has been. There have gone times where I like I got to call her, but uh, yeah, she called me. She called me last week. Um, I was on my way to the schoolhouse pod to pick up the kids, and uh, she just wanted to talk about uh, us coming up there when COVID was over, and you know, she's like, "Yeah, now y'all want to come up and." Y'all, y'all probably want to come up next winter to go skiing. Now, aren't those ski resorts on Mount Hood? They're good, right? You've been up there, right? Yeah, yeah. We talked about skiing, and uh, um, I had to get off the phone because I was there to pick up the kids, and you know, I regret not talking to her longer. She, uh, my sister, talked to her the same day, and she had this plan with this friend of hers at the, at her nursing home that. They were going to make these candy bags for Thanksgiving and um, and give out this these candy bags for Thanksgiving. And she she was such a party plant. She loved to entertain. She was such a party planner. My sister said that, uh, you know, it's, it's so great that she was right up to the to the to the end. She was doing what she wanted to do um, and having such a great attitude and and really she wasn't sick for long. She was hardly ever in the hot 
I don't remember her being in the hospital really. I know, I know that after she moved up to Portland, she had maybe some kidney problems or something, but like hardly ever in the, and, and she drank and she smoked cigarettes. She, she quit cigarettes probably 20 years ago, but, but like she just enjoyed her life. And, um, those are all incredible blessings, aren't they? Oh um, man. She, oh, for sure. Like, um, She's been talking for 30 years about the end. And she but in the in the sense of I don't want to be in any kind of state where I'm incapacitated or somebody's having to change my diaper and she wanted <laughs> when I was in my 20s, she was talking seriously about me joining the Hemlock Society with her which is like a right to die society mm. and may, maybe part of her calculus on moving to Oregon was that it's a right to die state, you know? And, um, I know that she was, when I talked to her yesterday, she was ready to go, you know? And, um, I think there are, the hospice had begun to talk to my aunt about options for, hastening the process and I do not think that is what happened I, I think they were just trying to keep her comfortable when she passed but um, I was ready to be like this This is what we've been talking about <laughs> like if, yeah, yeah. if there are options there let's do this, this it, there is no ambiguity in her wishes we've been talking about it ad nauseum for so many years. I remember when she started talking about it, just feeling like, oh, I don't want to talk about that, you know. Don't want to talk. But uh, it is a topic that she um, she kept coming back to, and you know, our, we we've got our, a, we've got a jacked up uh, business of death kind of healthcare business too. You know, there's more money in keeping you alive. My other grandmother, who's she's been sick and out of the hospital she's she was real sick about a year ago she's just she was in the hospital and i remember her saying she's just like they just they won't let you die you know and um there's something upsetting about that it makes me want to die a warrior's death for sure <laughs> which which at this point is i guess um falling on my laptop with your boots on <laughs> Uh, my our grandparents, uh, dad's parents, the ones who I got the headboard from, they were the same way. They were talking about it probably thirty years ago. Like you said, you know, they were they were ready to have the conversation with us. You know, they signed living wills, they did uh, all that stuff, and 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 Nana Helen. She was German, and she always wanted to talk frankly about everything. And you know, we did not, we did not want to talk about our grandma dying. You know, and she'd be like, "Well, the time's coming. You're gonna, you know." And they're like, "But as you oh. get older, you understand that, right?" No, of course, yeah. And, and you know, I'm so thankful to her. You know, for to both of them for doing everything that they did, you know, uh, the living will stuff, but also just, you know, preparing, preparing us. And it was the same. It was just like, uh, like your grandma, you know, they, they didn't need, they ended up, you know, kind of 
going, you know, there was, you know, a few signs and then they went fast and, you know, there was, it wasn't like there was a, a plug that had to be pulled or anything, you know, so yeah. thankfully we're really lucky in that regard, but they yeah. had, they had prepared for that, for that eventuality and just, I, you know, like I, I bet that your grandmother, like you said, you know, she's kind of, you know, in the last year she kind of seemed to be, you know, making a little more of an effort to call you or whatever that's i just i feel like my grandmother knew because she would like i say she was german she was very to the point and she would have a loving conversation with you but my phone calls almost never lasted longer than 10 minutes with her and you know it's like how you doing here's some family news oh, i love you so much come see me soon bye and that was it you know uh and, got the got the business done and she passed earlier this year right yeah but the last uh but the last conversation uh, was we talked for about thirty minutes, and I got off the phone. I was like, "Wow, that was the you know best conversation huh. I've had with Grandma." <laughs> phone conversation, you know, uh, and you know it was a little more wayward. I I text. I remember I texted uh, my brother and sister. I was like, "I just had a twenty-seven minute phone conversation with Nana," uh, and they were like, "You know, that's great, and that's." Um, that's something that uh, we miss, particularly Grace misses, uh, is calling her during Wheel of Fortune to talk about, uh, they were avid, both Grace and Helen were avid, are avid uh, Wheel of Fortune fans, uh, and they would call and talk about talk about that. That is <laughs> like, so sweet. Oh, can you, can you believe that person didn't get that? That was so easy. Or, you know. Where did they live, Schaefer? Uh, uh, for years in Port Isabel on the bay side of South Padre Island. Okay. Um, and we spent a lot of time down there because of them, but, uh, the Rio Grande Valley in general. Yeah. Edin Edinburgh and McAllen. And then, and then at the very end, they were in Corpus in, you know, in a kind of a, a kind of a nice old folks home, but my, both my aunts are in Corpus. So it, it, it all made, it all made good sense there, you know. Good decisions were made at every time. Just you know, like it sounds like for you, it was the same. But yeah, grandmas, we're lucky. We're both really lucky to have them for as long as we did, aren't we? Yeah, for sure. And and my grandmother, uh, were both both really both sets of grandparents, uh, really picked up the pieces when my parents got divorced. You know, and like. Uh, Really, my mom's parents when I was that age, but and then as I got to kind of come of age, I got so much closer to my dad's parents. This, this is my dad's mom. Um, but yeah, just really, my grandparents have been super important to me, as I know many people's are. That's um, when I when my parents got divorced i remember both on both sides i remember that just watching them like my dad's parents took good care of my dad and my mom's parents took really good care of her mm. and i you know at 22 years old seeing that and realizing oh you know it's going to be a long time before i ever really have anything figured out you know and, and so if you, I, you were 22 when your parents got divorced yeah okay and if like you know i remember thinking like 
maybe maybe I'll never have it all figured out, right? You know, like in some ways we're always kids. That's even when a, we have to be, you know, that's such adults. a hard realization. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because when you're younger, you think you're going to get to that point where you got it all figured out. <laughs> I when I was a kid, I thought it are. was when I was a kid, I thought it was age 13. I thought that that's when I, I was going to be a teenager and I was going to have everything figured out. I thought when I was 32 that I was for sure grown. <laughs> 32 was the wildest year for me, I think. Like the hands down craziest, wildest year for me. That was 25 for me. I mean, uh, you never know. I mean, look, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of good times. There's some there's a few years left, my friend, as well. My grandparents thought there were, well, my grandfather, Arthur Rampy, thought there was two places in the world. There was Lubbock and there was Las Vegas. <laughs> my, my grandmother would have liked to have traveled to a bunch of different places, and she did. She ended up traveling by herself to some places, and she drug him to some places, but really, he just wanted to either be in Lubbock or Las Vegas, and so they went, every year there was a... There were the group of friends, and there would be a spouse's trip, and then there was also like a guy's trip, but uh, they went to Vegas a lot, and um, they had a, La- I, th- they I think had I'm going to write a poem called Lubbock or Las Vegas. I mean, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting lifestyle. <laughs> it's quite a lifestyle. I am. I, I sort of envision Lubbock as like a bedroom community suburb of Las Vegas myself. <laughs> that <laughs> with that well-worn path in the sky, run back and forth by Southwest Airlines. <laughs> no doubt. Um, yeah, you know. Listen, one magical nation. Sorry for bringing it down. I we've we've really committed to the schedule. You know, we've talked about the schedule, but we're we're trying to do a minimum of three shows a week. And if you if you're gonna do that, you're gonna have to chronicle some some real life stuff. And I especially wanted to go tonight because one of these days Schaefer's gonna want to whinge out for something, and I'm gonna be like, "Remember that time that my grandmother died?" And I <laughs> still recorded the cast. It's gonna. But also, gonna like, I mean, you told over. me several times that. That your grandmother, like, this is uh, oh, yeah. I mean, what she, she would have wanted. Oh, yeah. Time. She would have wanted the show to go on for sure. She don't want anybody. She don't want anybody sitting around crying about this. Um, oh. um, <laughs> I remember when Brett Favre's dad passed and he went on to Monday Night Football and just tore it up. Yeah, yeah. This is somewhat like that. Um, I mean, I have really enjoyed talking with you tonight. So, and you know, I we you and I have both noticed in in the last three months that times when we're not maybe as energetic or even more so not as happy as we could be, we get on these mics and we talk to one magical nation, and when we're done, we're feeling much better. Well, and I listened back to the shows where I was feeling a little low 
are, are, are not so jovial and I'm quite a bit funnier. <laughs> then when I like when I'm excited and I've got some funny lines written, that's that's fun. But when I listen back and maybe I'm entering the the arena kind of glum, kind of Eeyore. Uh, <laughs> I like what I have to say, but uh, but it it also flies in the face of what I want the show to be about, which is um, upbeat, fun things, positivity. Because we're inundated with the opposite, just yeah, yeah, generally. Um, but I, I really it, think we're here to celebrate the life of Patsy Ruth. Um, she was I, she was something else. I think we put a good face on it enough that we've earned the right to drop our sword and shield every now and then. I can't believe how many episodes we've done in in the space of yeah. time. And it it feels like we can continue making episodes. Um I don't feel exhausted or anything. <laughs> Indefinitely. Uh there's so like many art. so many words and so many combinations of words and we know so many creative people that we still want to talk to. I feel like yeah. we're just we're just scratching the surface of our um our interview list is I, I had a two and a half hour conversation with Alex Battles on Sunday and he like reeled off a ton of names that oh. I had not even I was like, Oh yeah, oh. duh, obviously we should have Samo on or whatever, you know. Oh we'll put him here. Uh, put 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 him in the list here. Put him on the list, yeah. I uh, I added I, a couple. Hopefully Matthias I think it'll be Matthias on Saturday. Uh the dream the Dream Dealer. Matthias the was, Dream Dealer, okay. I was thinking uh, maybe we'll have just a quick guest appearance from Alex on Thursday because he has some ideas for some new segments. Look, I'll talk to Alex anytime, every time. Me too, yeah. He's your mentor. I'm sure that... Uh, He's my equal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he loves your garage. He he loves your green screen fake garage. The garage is a hilarious trope, isn't it? Someday it'll be the it'll be the story that you tell that you know started in a garage. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got some other content that we had written down for tonight, but I think we can save it for Thursday, right? Yeah, it'll all keep, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, thanks so much for talking to us, buddy. Well, thanks for listening to me, you know. It's good to have a podcast ride or die and uh, a tribe of hunter-gatherer listeners that, you know, Hopefully, uh, you know, it seems like somebody could get at us, uh, you know, with their own if you uh, want to concerns of existential dread. Or if you want to get at us uh, remembering uh, someone that you love, do that too. 
Uh, we'd love to hear from we'd love to hear from any of you, whatever you have to say. Get at us. I I do I do have a quick mea culpa before we go. I feel like um we've got our power out. Our power out is uh and remember, the poorer the choices, the sweeter the wine. I, I want to say that Schaefer wrote that, and we've used it since the beginning, and I love it. And But I I feel like we should have been a little more canonical through longer episodes. I feel like I've been too loose with our power out. Hey. Um, um, so if you, if you feel like I've been... Um, no, no. So, let's be honest. It's a little free it was and loose. Never, it was never the strongest power out to begin with, so I always figured uh-huh. we would replace it at some point. <laughs> yeah, and I think we were both kind of working on that. Uh, you know, maybe that's that's something, Alex. We put, put that at the top of your list. Yeah, if you if you have a better power out, get at us. <laughs> My thing is that I don't drink wine. You know who um, liked a nice glass of wine was uh, Patsy Ruth Rampy. Here's, here's she liked the, um, you know these, these jugs of Burgundy that you can get, <laughs> like Carlos Rossi Burgundy. Ooh, she loved that. That is good stuff too. I don't drink wine. I did. I came to a point in my life where I felt like I was mature enough to. Just say I don't. I don't like wine. Uh, well, you know, I mean, the, so the the original cliche is the older the grape, the sweeter the wine. Now, you know, we like you know one of the ideas for the name of this podcast, right, was making poor choices. But you know, I was like, that's really more of a tagline than a a title or a name so then that became uh so i mean maybe we keep the poor the choices but maybe it's just the second half that needs to change because that i mean that that part doesn't quite make sense you're right the poor the choices the the meow 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 i no i mean it no it does make sense (laughs) really when, when you put it that way it makes total sense. <laughs> because what we're saying is a life well lived is possibly full of poor choices. Yes. Live life to the lees. Now you're quoting Alfred Tennyson. And 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 that I <clears throat> again I learned that well through that set of grandparents for sure. Is is live it up. Um you know, we're not it, we're not getting a a fifty seventh chance on the mortal coil because we've achieved nirvana. No, I'm kidding. Um, my, let's leave it the same for now. Let's let's tr- let's go with this axiom. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> I didn't. I really didn't want to change it. I really. I wasn't. The mea culpa wasn't about like I have an issue with our power out. It gotcha. was really just about like. I feel like through the first 50 episodes, whatever it was that we chose, we should have said it the same before we started changing it. And I got right into variations like a loose goose 
Can we, uh, can we really quick just read the tail end of uh, Tennyson's Ulysses? Because it's kind of oh, yeah. applicable. Please. Yeah, let's do. Though let's much is taken, time. much abides. And though we are not now that strength which in old days moved earth and heaven, that which we are, we are. One equal temper of heroic hearts, made weak by time and fate, but strong in will to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. Um, that's somewhere in this poem is the, is the line about living life to the lees, which, you know, can be interpreted as a, a sailing metaphor, but also the lees are the, are the kind of, uh, floatsome and jetsome, the dredges at the bottom of the wine when you're oh. done. So if you're living life to the lees, you're oh, living, right. you drink the whole bottle, the whole glass of wine. And as we know. The poorer the choices, the sweeter the wine. Uh, <laughs> sorry, were you ready to finish? <laughs> no, I want to talk about that because <laughs> another thing about the power out is that <laughs> is that it's unclear. When we first wrote it, you always said the first part, and I yeah. said the sweeter the wine. But sometimes we do that. Where yeah. one of us feels like it's time to wrap it up, and so I let her eyes. I'll be like, and remember, or you'll forget. You, we just forget. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had a lot of fun with it, and I wanted to stay the same, but <clears throat> let, let, I'd rather end it like this tonight. Okay. By the way, uh, I think that uh, we should go out with Alex Battle song "The Road." I think that would be the perfect. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, and uh, uh, one of the topics on our next uh, uh, one of the topics on our show sheet that we missed is how many musicians and bands and creative people we want. I want to talk about that. And uh, thanks again, Alex, for everything you do for us. Um, We're but very I, lucky I, to have them. you know, I I want to say the first part tonight on the Power Out. Okay. Today on the Power Out. Whenever you're listening to this. So. Did I say everything I wanted to about my grandmother? <laughs> uh, I love hey. you. I love you, Patsy Ruth. R- rest in power. Uh, uh, I'll miss you forever, and hopefully I'll see you again someday. Amen. And remember, the poorer the choices, the sweeter the wine. She picked up her rental car this morning Just to get the hell out of town She don't know where she's going yet as she puts on her shades Turns the key and lays the pedal down Rolls down the window and her scarf whips in the wind She sings along to the radio She's thinking about the things she had and what she left behind That sent her out alone on this road The road will take you home, girl Even when you've forgotten which way to go 
Don't worry, baby girl, the road remembers The road will take you home She's tired of Arthur Miller's and Joe DiMaggio's Loving her for what they want her to be She's a pile of contradictions to everyone but herself The distance burns her past in effigy after fourteen hours the three tanks of gas She feels the ties that bind her start to break She stretches out on her motel bed And lights a lucky strike And thinks about the next move she'll make The road will take you home, girl Even when you've forgotten which way to go Don't worry, baby girl The road remembers The road will take you home Don't worry, baby girl, the road remembers The road will take you home